listening to the Construction Talk podcast, brought to you by Causeway Technologies. Tune in to hear from the industry leaders pushing construction forward. Hi, I'm Peter Haddock and welcome to a on-location edition of the Construction Talk podcast. I'm here with Paul Devlin, who is the new Chief Operating Officer at Causeway. In your offices in Jerry Cross, Paul, welcome first to the construction industry. Thank You've you. You've been a few months in, haven't you? Yes. And how are you finding it so far? Yeah, amazing. It, it, it's been a fantastic experience. I left school, served my time as a plumber and heating engineer, um, yep. so spent four years in the industry 30 years ago uh, and uh, left and went into the, the software world. So coming back full circle um, has really been a fantastic experience. Yeah, I'm loving it. And that's why we're here today, because what's really important is actually the journey the construction industry is going from mm -hmm. that sort of as a plumber, you know, 30 years ago now to as a digitalized industry. Indeed. And it's that background in software and solutions on a, on a sort of global scale and on a different industry scale, which gives you the ability to step back, doesn't it, and look at the industry through another lens before diving into all the things that, that we, and the challenges that are there. Tell me a bit about what you've been doing um, in, in the short term. Yeah, you, you know, look, I think that what really attracted me to Causeway is the fact that, you know, you're looking at a 20-year-old company that is really well established in the construction industry, but it can see the change that the industry is going through. It can see the change and where the industry will need to be five years from now not just in today. So Causeway is really looking at how it disrupts itself yep. in order to go and to meet those challenges. And that's really what attracted me to it. You know, I spent 30 years in the technology world working with telco companies, retailers and banks, helping them take advantage of this digital transformation. I think everybody knows that the construction world is now getting there yeah. uh, and wants to start to take advantage of it. And from a Causeway perspective, it really is about being where our customers are going to be. There's no point in being where they were a year ago or two years ago. We quickly become um, you know, irrelevant. This, this industry is shifting and changing so quickly. So we're looking at building a new Causeway that is going to be where the industry needs to be in five years and ten years' time. That's a really exciting challenge. And I think the words disruptor, you know, mm -hmm. we all know that disruptors have come into the industry. We all know, you know, that we're now driving electric cars Indeed. because of the likes of Tesla and things Indeed. like that. We're now Google everything. We Indeed. now, you know, use social media to communicate in, yeah. in the sense of putting this out to an audience that is out there following, you know, Causeway and in part of the industry. Yeah. But what is classic for me is that phrase of disrupting yourself. Indeed. Because... You know, if you don't go down that route, mm -hmm. you're actually not challenging what the, the norm is right now and, and having that digital journey. And disruption is about looking at what the industry does do mm -hmm. and, the, and the core challenges today, sure. but where it's going tomorrow. Yep. And so tell me a little bit about that disruption journey, because it's actually not just what you're doing here physically but you're acquiring businesses and kind of integrating them and that is part of it isn't it yeah sure i think for us you would have seen just this week we announced the acquisition of one dot network that was a really important acquisition for us because you know we want to grow this business outside of the uk 
Uh, 1.0 Network has a presence in the US, our acquisition last year of Hermio um, has a presence in France. So we're also now starting to think around, well, how do we take that digital disruption and how do we enable that disruption outside of, uh, of the UK? 1.0 Network as an acquisition allows us to really drive disruption in the highways and the maintenance and the road side of a business. Yeah? Um, uh, you know, the other acquisitions we've done are about allowing this company to think twofold. There's a construction side of our business. Yep. There's now an asset and a maintenance side of our business. Yeah? Um, and, you know, that's something that we were really keen to look at how we scale as an organization. How do we scale the impact of Causeway uh, and the value that we actually bring to our customers? And you're starting to see uh, the benefit of Rothschilds and Five Arrows coming into our business a few years ago. Uh, and uh, you know, making a decision to really invest alongside the exec team and invest in the disruption that we've just discussed in this move and this shift to digital um, in, the, uh, in the construction industry. So let's talk about digital. Sure. So, you know, construction, digital did not go together for uh -huh. many, many years because yep. it's quite a complex industry. Sure. We're not talking about a fixed factory. We're not yep. talking about a bank sure. like you mentioned before. We're talking about every site is different. Indeed. Every season is different. We're Indeed. currently in July pouring down with rain. You yep. know, um, so it's supposed to be dig season Indeed. right now. And so the construction industry has had its challenges, but I felt, and I don't know whether you've looked at it, I felt that COVID was actually one of the most significant things that happened to our industry when we all came together in a very, very quick way. One, to keep building and keep things going. Indeed. But two, to say, we now need to embrace things faster. Sure. And so, you know, that momentum is still there. And now we're even talking about not just digital adoption, but maturity. Where are you seeing it now from where you're sat as to the, the, the construction industry where we are right now, and then we can talk about the journey forward. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's, as you say, when you talk about the construction space and how it's digitalizing, there's so much to try and put into a conversation. But let me, you know, go break it down into, I, I guess, maybe its highest level. So if you look at the, you know, the, the tier one, the tier two construction companies, they are looking at how do they disrupt their own business yep. and bring technology in to allow them to run much more efficiently. So that's one part of that business. They're looking at the relationship they have with their suppliers. Uh, and as they look at that relationship with suppliers, how can they do business more ethically? How can they pay better? Yep. How do they pay more promptly? How do you use technology that enables that, uh, you know, the construction industry, the ecosystem, to come together and operate much more efficiently. And Causeway sits at the heart of that through Tradex and through that, you know, that network and the way in which we allow goods received, invoices and payments to flow between, um, you know, contractor and, uh, and supplier. So when you're operating in an industry that historically has low margins, significant inefficiency, that industry is ripe for technology to support the industry then transform and support it to disrupt. There's a number of competing forces that I think are also forcing companies to think like that. So you mentioned COVID, which was seminal for everybody. Yeah. It was seminal for every industry to rethink 
um, you know, how we went to market, how we did business. All of a sudden, we have billions of people operating from home, but we still have customers to serve. Uh, and companies were really starting to think in their feet um, around, well, how do we make this happen? while still trying to have a fantastic experience for our employees. How do we keep them safe? How do we keep their mental well-being um, safe? How do we keep um, both the employee and the customer? And how do we drive them uh, you know, through this situation that we find ourselves in? And a lot of disruption happened then, a lot of creativity happened then. Just look at things like Zoom and Teams. Yep. Yeah? Uh, and we'll never go back the way. Um, you know, we'll just never go back the way. And the construction industry is the same as it starts to think about where does talent come from? Why does talent want to come into this industry? How do we work with the talent that we have? Yeah, how do we um, take some, a lot of that inefficiency, right? The mundane tasks that people are doing every single day. How do we get rid of paperwork in this industry? Yeah, and how do we ensure that technology is an enabler of actually enhancing people's jobs, enhancing their enjoyment in a sense of being part of this industry and what the industry is starting to achieve. So I think that's where you're seeing, you're seeing construction companies disrupt themselves um, and how they operate. They're looking at that ecosystem and how they work better with suppliers, particularly as they move to net zero. You're looking at talent and how do we find new ways of bringing talent in? And then how do we use technology to actually enhance the lives of our employees um, and enable our employees to want to be in this space for longer? So coming into that space, really, we talk about this industry, it's a people industry. And if Indeed. any industry is out there, people need to work together on all different levels. Indeed. So when you look at a construction site, you look at the building we're in right now, you know, you've had the foundations dug by a machine, which probably uses machine control on sites in the future. You know, now you've had all the plasters and everything else, the plumbers that you used to be yep. coming in and doing that. And it's about how you connect those people together. Sure. And the one thing that always strikes me about the challenges that we see is the rework, the mm -hmm. snagging, the of course. issues. Of course. Um, and it's all about digital when you look at that and say, we've got one version of the truth. We've mm -hmm. got a 3D model yep. now that can be updated and sent to everybody and things okay. like that. Yep. So that everybody's working with the same things instead of the paper version that is probably version two when we're on version 22. Indeed. So Indeed. how does digital work? How have you know Causeway and the, the, the businesses that you're now bringing into Causeway looked at some of those challenges and delivered you know, more practical solutions, because sure. we don't want the complexity, we want the simplicity. Then. You know, I love that last piece, right? Because, um, you know, the, I learned a long time ago, the ultimate form of complexity is simplicity. Yeah? Right. Because if you can simplify, the challenge for software companies is not what you add into the solution, it's what you can take out of the solution and still increase the value that you give back to your customers. So I think simplicity is key for this industry and it's key to how we think um, when we bring software to market for our customers, how do we supply the processes? I think what is interesting about the promise of digital and I think what the construction industry has a major opportunity to do is to learn from some of the mistakes and the challenges that other industries have done.
Right. So what, what do I mean by that? I think you can't decide to develop a strategy and think you're going to be digital the next day, the next week, <laughs> the next month, right? Yeah. Um, you mentioned a really key component about networking and how do you connect, yeah? So how do you connect the person on the site with a goods received notice? How do you connect that to finance so that they know that that has been um, uh, you know, done, the yeah. notice is there and actually they can now go pay? Yeah, that's what TradeX does, right? That's how we are working with the industry to digitize that process. How does Network Rail know that the person coming on site has the skill set and the knowledge and pass the tests yep. that they need to do to be competent yep. to go work on that rail or go work on that site? That yep. is why we made the decision to go and acquire Reference Point um, because they have fantastic capability. And then if you think about that, and now think about a digital ID for every construction worker in the UK. Yep. Where now we can help companies as people shift, it's inevitable, people shift, contracts end, as we know contracts are made up of many, many different projects. Contracts end and people move to new companies. Um, but as that person moves, how do you know where they've been? Yep. How do you know what the skills are? Who do you know that you're employing, right? So again, we have a fantastic opportunity to work with the construction industry and help with that digital ID process. But where it really starts, Peter, and you step back from all of this, is data. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we collected a lot of data. Indeed. You know, Indeed. and everybody sat there on mountains of data before, Indeed. not knowing what to do with Indeed. it. Indeed. And when you come back to that, just quickly to that person, that ID, what's really important is there's a lot of value in the identification of skills and development that people have been through on projects and on Indeed. things. And also to, to know that that person is competent is, is really important. Indeed. But when you've got a digital ID that's accessible, mm -hmm. it's actually valuable for mm -hmm. that individual mm -hmm. from a monetary Hugely. sense that says, look, here is my life, it's digitalized. I've not had a piece of paper. You can see what I've achieved. You can see what I've done Indeed. and therefore you know, it gives people the opportunity that have invested in themselves to get jobs and better paid jobs yeah. and contracts and things Indeed. like that. 100%. But, but coming back to this data pile yes. that we used to have. Yeah. So look, I, I did a lot in the machine world. So there's lots of data coming from machines about how their health is and how that they're, they're performing and, and how much fuel they're burning and all the rest of it. And nobody had been able to sort of pull that together across different types of fleets and things like that until other disruptors came into the market. But it's only when you take data and turn it into information and insights yep. that it actually comes to life. Indeed. It? Indeed. And it's extracting the data that's relevant to you in Indeed. your role Indeed. and that's relevant to someone on site in their role, not giving them this whole big snowball of data that they've got to, to actually mine through. Yeah, indeed. I, I think the great news is that technology has shifted leaps and bounds in the world of data warehousing, yeah. uh, in the world of business intelligence and analytics, and they're shifting into AI. Um, but I think the reason, if you think about data and you think about digital, the reason that it works is because of standardization. Yes. So you mentioned something there about, you know, that person needs this, but that person needs this. And I think the temptation has been in the past, I'll build a system to do this, and I'll build a system to do this and a system to do that. 
And you know, it doesn't take long before you're the CIO of a major construction company and all of a sudden you're dealing with a lot of spaghetti and trying to <laughs> bring that together yeah. is a massive challenge. So if you're gonna take advantage of the digital world, you've gotta think standardization. Yeah. Yeah? Driven from data, but I standardize my processes as much as I can. You push data through a system quickly into an application that then knows what it needs to do with that data and can then feed the persona that is interacting with. And maybe the perfect example is your iPhone. You know, when was the last time you downloaded an application and it didn't work? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. just does what it says in the tent. Why? Apple have very, very stringent criteria for how you develop on their platform. Yeah, and because of that criteria, whoever it is, you download an application, the application just works, it does exactly what you want it to do. So the challenge for construction companies is gonna actually be a mindset shift. Yeah. And you know, in the industry, we funnily enough, we've been talking about this for 10, 15 years. Companies, irrespective of their industry, have to begin to think like software companies because fundamentally that is what they are. If you break everything down, everything starts from data and how you turn that data into an application that creates intelligence and allows an individual to now make a different decision yeah. because they can see data like that. Yeah? And then there's the process from the person on the site and what they do from the tools that they use and how that data flows back through the organization and then how you go and reuse that. And I think it's, it's in the world of IT in construction it is how do you bring that software development mentality to how you run a construction company. And the companies that work on that and figure that out will be the companies in five, six, seven years time that will be the most successful companies in the world. Yeah? And I promise you this, and we can go back on this in five <laughs> years, there will be one of the biggest companies in the world in construction doesn't exist today. Absolutely. And I don't know who they are, but there'll be a company today that is sitting there and they're figuring that out. They're looking at completely different methods of construction, not constrained by any mentality, taking a software mindset to how you go and develop and deliver. And they will create a fundamentally different experience to the industry and it will turn the industry on its head. And we've seen that happen in almost every industry where companies have started to digitize. Yeah, just look at... The, the challenge of banks in the banking industry, you know, look at the new retail applications that are coming out. Um, you know, my, my kids have started to use an application called Timu. I'd never even heard of them uh, because I, you know, I've, I'm in the Amazon world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have access to things. So there's, there's companies that are growing um, and they're growing massively and they're disrupting because they start to put themselves in that software mindset. And that's one of the things that cause we, we want to help those construction and, uh, companies do. Make the mindset shift for how you build to take advantage of digital technology. And of course, what we've got a scenario is that the construction industry has changed for, since it first started, since we built the pyramids and all these sort of things that we discover now when we're doing our architectural work to build new structures. You know, we have changed and we have developed the construction industry. And that mindset of change is that whole behavioural change that we now need to go through Indeed. as an industry. Yeah. And when we talk about behavioural change, 
there's a, a few things that come to mind for me yeah. when I talk to people on site. One, um, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to do this, therefore I'm leaving the industry. Mm -hmm. We are desperate to keep people and we really need to recruit people. Deep. So we've got that one area. We've then got the other area, which is like, actually, why on earth should I join the construction industry? It's not exciting, so I'll go elsewhere. And we need those people, the software people even, to come to construction rather than elsewhere. Indeed. And then there's the final piece, which is like, how do we, yes, as a tier one contract to do something, but how do we help the micro businesses mm -hmm. that are in the supply chain of hundreds of people and, and thousands and thousands of businesses? And we rely on those individuals to be disruptors as well, but also to do the work. Of so course. there's three core pillars there, it isn't is. there? So yes. tell me about your thoughts on all of those individual elements? Sure. Well, let me, um, I guess let's start with the, um, uh, the, the, the uh, latter one that you discussed about this ecosystem, because there's a huge ecosystem that's there. Um, you've got manufacturers that, you know, are maniacally focused on how do I get my product into the industry? Yep. How do I get that product specified? Yep. Yeah. And even if that happens, a lot of times those manufacturers don't even know that it's been specified. They don't have the intelligence and the knowledge uh, in order to be able to do that. You've got the person doing the design and the estimating, yeah, um, trying to figure out, well, how do I go from design and estimate into specifying, yeah. into the buyer, and then you've got a buyer running a process all over again, you know, trying to figure out, well, how do I buy at the most optimum um, price for this job, how do I keep what's been specified, um, but how do I maximise the, um, you know, the price on that. Um, and, and again, this is why we built Tradex. You know, we built Tradex to allow companies to be able to do that, to go from design and estimate, to go that into specification, and from specification to buying, and obviously, as I said, the network, then allowing that flow of purchase order, invoice and payment to go and happen. I think this is a case though of, of the industry actually having to think differently because you're right, this industry has disrupted itself on numerous occasions throughout the centuries. Yeah. yeah. But it still doesn't, it's still making the same margins. And why is it making the same margins? Because there's huge inefficiencies in the way in which things get done. Yeah. And you're right, you've got people coming on site saying, the things that I can do with this phone in my hand, but I have to come on site and have to complete reams and reams and reams of paperwork. Why are we doing that? Mm. Why does that happen? Yeah. Why can't I just scan that you know, goods receipt notice? Um, and why can't it go to finance that automatically sends a payment uh, you know, to the, the company that's just delivered that, right? So the technology exists and it's there. It is about how do we work with industry to help them break down the complexity that exists in those processes. As you review those processes end to end, you understand where inefficiency exists, and then you take that inefficiency out through technology. Right? Now, I, I think if you're a company, the challenge that you have is there are so many things yeah, to yeah, go into fix, right? Yeah. That's a huge ecosystem. Yeah? So it is always about prioritization. You know, what are the five things I'm gonna fix this year? Yep. fix them. What are the five things that we'll fix next year and where are we going to be in three years time? So this, it isn't a fix that you put in and you're done. This will be a never ending journey for the industry, for the ecosystem 
um, as it adapts to technology and things like that coming out. But I want to go back to this, this mindset as well. I think a lot of times, particularly for maybe some of the smaller companies, they don't have the resource. That's right. Yeah, They don't have the resource to think like a software company. Mm. Yeah, But they're trying to innovate. And that's where I think in industry we've got to go help them. I think it's in, if you look at the tier one contractors, it's in their interest to actually look at the ecosystem and, and be able to say, how can we help you digitize? How do we help you innovate? How do we help you come into our ecosystem and start to take advantage of the technology that we have? Because the, the more you can speed up the flow of trade, the less inefficiency you can put into that process, the more margin that's available for the industry, yeah, and the better that the industry will become for that. So I think it's looking at that end to end. From a causeway perspective, Peter, that consumes us every <laughs> single day. You know, our thinking is, is really about how do we work, not only with our customers, but also the ecosystem, mm. to how, and how do we find ways to simplify. So we're doing that a bit at a time. You know, Tradex helps us do that. Reference point helps us to simplify the whole digital ID process. You know, the one dot network um, and its acquisition alongside uh, our Yota acquisition helps us to start to simplify the whole roads and maintenance from permit to planning to execution, but then also into the ecosystem. Because what we will be able to do, you put something like Tradex behind that. Now, actually, what we can do is for that full ecosystem, we can speed up the process of buying and payment um, across that ecosystem as well. So we're constantly consumed by how do we help our customers simplify and in doing so, how do we help them support that ecosystem and be able to simplify as well. I'm not for a second saying that this is easy, this is a journey, it's a 10, 15 year journey. But I think if we can start and we bite off those first five things, and we get shifting and moving because we'll constantly learn. Technology will evolve. We'll be more and more ready to take advantage of it. Well, I see what a lot of things that are happening is led by also now the client organisations. Because sure. you talked about net zero carbon scores. You've got national highways that publish you know, their road to zero Indeed. and that publish what they're, what they're achieving. And that as we go through that journey, we head towards that journey, there are scenarios then where that comes into play, where if you can't get the data and the information to us, you can't be, be and participate in the next road project or looking after those assets Indeed. that you talked about. Um, and looking at all the assets, what was really interesting when I did look at the Otter system yep. is, you know, an asset can be a trick. Of course. You know, an asset is the hedgerow by the Indeed. side of the road. It's not even the road no. that you're talking about. Yeah. It's all the lighting things. It's all the, it's all the drainage. It's all Indeed. the sides of, of what goes on. And I think as we look at that, we can use technologies like mobile mapping mm -hmm. and things to, to drive down a road mm -hmm. and collect all that information on a regular basis and use the AI technologies and other technologies to say, well, actually... You know, over the last two years, that tree of, uh, of the side of the road has actually become a hazard. Indeed. And let's do something about it. Indeed. Indeed. And then take data of alerts from tiny little sensors that might be in drains to say, well, actually, we know that that area in the autumn is a hot spot for flooding. 
So let's go and do some preventative maintenance. Indeed. Or when we're getting rain, like we are in July now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's yeah. go and focus on those sort of areas. Indeed. Indeed. And that takes the resource that we've got, which is limited, mm -hmm. and puts it in the right place. Indeed. And this is part of that digital awareness and, and the information that that gives us, isn't it, as we move forward? Yeah, it, it is. Um, and, you know, you and I could sit here for the next three days <laughs> and we could talk about the numerous scenarios yeah, yeah, that digitisation is going to help. But what it does bring up um, is skill yes. and skill set. Yeah. Yep. So if I go back to what I said about construction companies are going to have to start to think like software companies. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to bring that mindset um, into their organization. What that opens up is a huge opportunity to bring new skills um, yeah. into the industry, to bring the next generation of talent. And this next generation of talent, my experience is they're very purpose driven. They want to work with companies that really do make a difference in yeah. the world. Yeah. And when I think of construction and, you know, I think about the joy that construction brings to people's lives. Think about the spaces that get created, yeah, the convenience that gets created, the beautiful buildings that we see, and the innovation that goes into those buildings. You know, constructions move to net zero across the world and being part of that movement. That's where the youth of today want to be. They want to work for companies that are thinking in that manner. So I think there's a huge opportunity for us to bring new talent into this industry. I think the wonderful thing is we're not going to see robots um, building the Burj Khalifa anytime soon <laughs> or building HS2 anytime yeah, yeah. soon. You know, those yeah. skills um, that, that humans bring will be there 30, 40 years from now, right? It's how do we digitize the processes around that that makes all of this much more efficient. And the great thing is by doing that, we produce more income to invest back into the industry again and invest back into people again. As I said, going back to what has typically been low margin but high inefficiency, I think as we start to take those inefficiencies out, we start to see investment that will continue driving this innovation cycle in the construction space. And I think what's really interesting when we look at everything that we've talked about here, it really comes down to how are you gonna, like you say, attract the talent, retain the talent, educate the talent and help that move forward. The digital construction manager is a thing now. We're going to have roles that we don't even know exist, Indeed. pretty much like Indeed. the company you were talking about earlier yeah. that becomes a big construction company yep. that doesn't exist and we don't know. Yep. But what we have got to do, and, and I think it is a really important thing, is we have to shout Indeed. a lot louder Indeed. about the industry that we're in, yep. why it's cool, yep. and the things that happen. And, you know, take that image of pouring rain, laying bricks outside, you know, that's just one tiny task uh -huh. within the construction industry uh -huh. to looking at designing things, even for robots, to, to go into, into unsafe places and demolition, for example. Indeed. But all of the things that we're talking about are really exciting, but why can't we shout about it? And why can't we get people more interested, do you think? And yeah. what do we have to do? Oh, of course. Or? Firstly, I think we can. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a case that we can. I absolutely think we can. Where I think it does start is internally inside companies. So I, I'll go back to my time as a plumber. You know, I'd yeah. go on site. Yeah, I would do what I did. You know, 
I'd be ripping up bathroom suites and heating systems and, you know, we'd be rebuilding them again. And I'd go home at night, yeah. So I'm doing my own project right now. I'm working with a builder in Norfolk and we're renovating a you know, beautiful Georgian house and we're modernising this house. And sometimes I think what the plumber doesn't realise is the impact that the plumber has and the electrician has on how I'm going to live yeah, after absolutely. they leave. Um, you know, that house is huge. They, are ge they genuinely impact people's lives every single day. So I think in industry, I think it's, it, it's incumbent on us to actually make sure that our employees understand that the impact that the roles they do have on how people and employees actually go about living their lives. And I think there's an education piece there. I think there's then an education piece inside universities. Yeah. You know, I've spent a long, long time, um, uh, you know, building early talent, early career, and, and a whole number of watched companies that I work with do that. And the one thing you realize is the energy and the thought process that you get by, by really driving diversity and inclusion. Yeah. So, you know, look for me, some of the things that haven't changed from 30 years ago, um, uh, you know, there's still next to no females on site. Yep. Yeah. Th you know, we've got to find ways of changing that. We've got to find ways of inspiring the next generation to be want to be part of these projects that are going to fundamentally change people's lives. Yeah. We've got to inspire that knowledge to want to be part of an industry that is shifting to net zero and help us get there quicker, faster, better, and understand again as they do so, we make the world a better place, yeah? Um, you know, by doing that. So I think that there's an inside the company, they're starting there. You know, we're doing a lot of stuff in mental health. Yeah? Yes, um, You know, in doing a lot of stuff in the industry in mental health by just helping people to understand it's okay not to be okay, right? to bring and build better cultures. Yeah? And funnily enough, I saw a sign on site just yesterday, and the sign actually said, just remember the single most important thing you'll do today is go home to your family. Yep. You know, what a fantastic message when you walk on site to send to anybody walking on site about the importance of health and safety, about the importance of taking care of yourself. You're there to do a job, but the importance of taking care of yourself, do the right thing and get home to your family at night, right? That's a company that's really starting to think about how do you bring people into this industry? How do you create diversity and inclusion? How do you take care of people's mental health? And Paul, you know, it doesn't just stop at the digital, it stops at the reality mm -hmm. of how you look when you go on site. For example, sure. the CIOB have just launched a PPE that fits, hashtag PPE that fits, programme, um, which is talking about getting PPE that fits all different shapes and sizes, all sure. different people, you know, whether they're male or female, and whether, they, you know, they've got big hair that can't fit a hard hat on, Indeed. things like that, or whether they're, you know, their, their body shape and size is different, so sure. PPE doesn't fit them. And it is about when you first come into the industry to be excited to see all these things, the tablets you have or whatever, 
but it's the sense of feel that you feel safe in the PPE that you're wearing Indeed. and that the safety element is always there. We've seen AI come in with machine safety with the people plant interface and we've seen a lot of the sensor technology come in so that people can be alerted if they're going into a, into a space or, or near a machine. Indeed. So we've got that safety piece I think that is really developing in Indeed. the digital Agreed. space. And now we're looking at how we look like on site and how are the protective clothing we get, is it ripe and fit for purpose? And so, you know, as we move forward, Paul, we can see all of this happening. Sure. The biggest thing right now is I think people still look at it and go, oh, it's in the future. But we can do a lot of things with the stuff we've already got now Indeed. to make a difference to Indeed. those margins, to the processes. Indeed. Indeed. So the future is now. Indeed. Um, and we're going to finish off this in a minute with the future tomorrow. But Indeed. the future is now, Paul. Uh -huh. So what should people that are just still stepping back or still worried or still just confused as to what to do because there's so much digital chatter around. We've just yeah. been talking about it for, <laughs> for quite a while. Indeed. What should they do? You know, look, I think when it comes to people, it starts in the boardroom. Uh, um, and I've worked with a, a number of companies that put this front and center of how they were going to create change. Yeah. Um, and, and it starts in the boardroom. And it isn't just about having a set of metrics um, that say, you know, we're going to have 20% of our people look like this or f feel like this. It, it isn't that. You've got to start in the boardroom and you've got to teach people to think differently. You've got to take the people that you have. You've got to help them to see the world differently and the possibilities that exist from that. And then you've got to build and drive that through into your, into your company and then into your ecosystem. So what do I mean by that? Um, you know, when we, when we wanted to shift in the software world, and we started to understand we just were not inspiring young women enough to come into STEM. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, we just weren't doing it. And, you know, you start to realize putting a metric that says I want 20% of my workforce to be female, as an example, is not enough. Mm. Yeah, because what you come up against is you come up against people saying, you know what, Paul, Peter, I'd love to do that, but I don't have any females applying. How can you expect me? Or I don't have people of color applying or, you know, whatever. You gotta get over that and you gotta live it and you gotta breathe it as a company and you gotta insist with your ecosystem, you gotta educate them yeah, as to why this is so important to the future of the company and the future of the industry. Then you gotta get yourself into universities. You can't get past that, you gotta get yourself into universities and you know, you've gotta show up, turn up and tell them the story because that's where they become inspired. I promise you there's hundreds of thousands, there's millions of people in university today that have no idea what they want to do next. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why, yeah. you know, therefore we have to inspire them to see and understand the change that's happening in construction, the purpose of construction, its impact on the world, and how them coming into the construction industry helps us um, change an industry, change a world, drive it from that purpose and drive it through the organization, then you start to create change in a company, you start to create change in the ecosystem, and you start to create change in the world. Yeah. I get, and I'm already starting to see some of that, it's the good news, Peter. I see um, tenders that come to us every day, 
and they say, prove to us that you have an ethical supply chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prove to yeah. us that you have a diverse and inclusive policy of employment. Prove to us how do you screen your people. So we are starting to see that. You know, we're starting to see companies think like that and push the ecosystem. And it's great because what does that mean as, a, you know, as an exec at Causeway? You know, that means you start to say, okay, we've got to change. You know, so therefore, how do we change? Go back to the ultimate arbiter of everything we do as a customer. They decide whether we're a good company or not. Yep. They decide whether we're easy to do business with or not and whether we drive value or not. And it will never change. Yeah? So I, I think it starts at the boardroom. You drive it through your organization. You make it part of everybody's belief in change um, and why it's important. You drive it through your ecosystem. Um, and as you start to do that, change happens. Then we'll start to inspire young people to want to have a career in what is a fantastic industry that is absolutely changing the world, one building at a time. Yep. Um, uh, and the beauty that it brings to the world and the spaces that we live in um, is absolutely fantastic. But also the where it will be in five years' time. You know, the population growth in our world means we've got to find better solutions to how we house people. Yep. Yeah, we've got to find better solutions to social housing. Look at our own country, um, you know, here in the UK. So construction is at the forefront of all of those things happening in society and happening in the industry today. And it's just keep telling that story, but it absolutely starts in the boardrooms of the companies that, uh, you know, that dominate the industry. Yeah. And I look at it from the sense that every young boy that I've talked to, um, like my sons, for example, I don't have daughters, unfortunately, to right. talk to, but they always used to get excited about construction with Bob the Builder. Yep. You know, and then Bob the Builder goes and, and they move forward and there's this big gap. And then they may or may not go to university, but the apprenticeship uh, route is also a great opportunity now with more and more people looking at that. But the quick wins now, when you've got that mindset, you're bringing those people in, they can look at the things that already exist and how to actually manipulate them yep. and how to actually make that 20% saving that is already there by using the systems and adopting them. Mm -hmm. We're racing ahead, you know, the big headlines right now are AI is going to destroy jobs, AI is going to be brilliant over here, AI is going to be terrible over here. You know, we've got that sort of space coming in, that technology whoosh that's coming through and the realisation. We've already been using that um, successfully in construction, but there's one thing that we're going to end this with, yep. Paul, that really excites you. And I know you've only been in the role for a few months now that really excites you, that we're just on the horizon of, mm -hmm. what would that be and, and why do people or should people look out for it? Yeah, so I think for me it is, I think it's the power of an untapped network. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I believe that as you build up networks, that is where the industry will get huge and significant amount of benefit. So you want, I, I'll take you back to a word that you used earlier in our conversation, which is connected. Yep. When we connect industry and we connect industry through a network, by doing so, we can simplify what happens in the connections between the network. And as we do that, we'll take out an efficiency. Yeah? So the power of the network and what I believe that can bring to speed, so speed of digitization, speed of change within the industry, 
um, speed of new product development, speed of innovation. I'm genuinely really excited about what I think networks and the power of networks can bring to this industry. Um, I've seen it happen in, uh, in other industries and I think there's a huge, huge opportunity um, that exists here in the construction industry on the buyer side, the seller side, the partner side, the manufacturing side. Um, we can bring every component of the construction world and we can bring them together and through bringing them together in the creation of that network, I think we can start to speed up the rate at which change is driven and adopted in this industry. And that's, that's what really excites me. You know, when I think about technology and what technology can do, for me, it's that. It's a network at the heart of construction, allowing every single piece of that ecosystem to communicate in a way that adds value to every other part. Yeah, and I think that's where the future will be. That's where we'll end up seeing a lot of innovation. In the shorter term, I think there's a huge opportunity just to help companies disrupt themselves. Um, so how do we help them improve their processes and things like project accounting, highways and maintenance? How do we help them build out this digital ID, um, get a far better understanding of people? How do we, through Tradex, help them to take in efficiencies um, you know, out of their finance and their ecosystem processes. So I think short term, there's a massive opportunity there for us and we're really looking forward to helping our, company, our customers in our industry take advantage there. And then there's the shift to the long term. Um, and I think those are the things that really excite me. And folks, this is why we do Construction Talk, because we want to talk about the construction industry, lots of different people like you that have that excitement for the industry, share that around with all of our listeners. And today, it's all been about me connecting with you, Paul, so that we can connect with the outside world through Construction Talk. Great to finally meet you and good luck in the journey. Thank Cheers. you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Construction Talk. If you loved this episode, discover more over at causeway.com forward slash construction talk. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.